Hey, Karen. How are you today? I'm good. Well, for this um, second chat session that we have, I'm, I'm still reluctant to call it an episode. I just wanted to feel like it's just a conversation between two friends. It's a conversation. Although we've been friends for 40 years, you've, you've migrated to the US and then now I've migrated much, well, much later than you did to Australia. We've, of course, lost contact in between those years, but because we're really good friends, it's like nothing happened between those years. But I feel like the lack of technology in those years we didn't have Zoom or FaceTime, I feel like I missed out on the biggest and most critical stage of your life. So I thought I'd just ask if you don't mind sharing. No, I would love to share, especially just to catch up with you, you know, because we've always been into each other's business. Yes. When we were in high school, we would already be together 12 hours a day. Yeah. And then when I get home, I would write letters. Yes. In front of you. Yes. So I can give it to you the next day. Yeah. And, you, and then you can read about the period when you weren't with me. Like this is <laughs> happening to me. And then you went to the US and then all of these big things happened to you. Big Life struggles. Happens. Let's get the conversation going. And I want to be here for you to listen. Tell me about, you know, your first marriage. So this is something that happened in the past. Am I okay? Yes, I am okay. And so it was a whirlwind. And, yeah. Um, I got married less than, we got married less than a year after we met. Mm -hmm. um, then nine months after the wedding, we had my son. So anyway, all that, we ended up separating. So which is what I want to share. How soon was so, that after... Um after your baby boy, your beautiful baby boy was born? Um, I can't remember now exactly how long after, mm -hmm. how long after the marriage, the wedding actually when we separated. Yeah. In a way, I think it's a good thing because that shows you that I moved on and there are no more, um, like I've forgotten the dates. I've forgotten markers, you know, like I guess there's no more importance. But I think the big the big stress or trauma was like the first thing is, uh, you know, right after it happens, you feel lost. I felt so lost. I felt so down. And by the way, these words, I think it's an understatement of how I really felt because it was, the feeling was so heavy that it was all the way down to my core. So it's helplessness, agitation, and I still have to work. I still had the mother. I think my son was maybe two or three years old at that time. Wow. Um, but all I wanted to do was curl up under the covers and just try to sleep because sleeping will make you forget or sleeping. Sleeping is like a short respite. And I remember it's just so painful. It, it's really actually a pain that I felt physically, but yeah. it's, it's different from a pain of being cut or bruise, but it's it's pain. It's pain. Yeah. I guess it's it's a heartache. Yeah. And like I like your heart is being ripped off your chest. Yeah, it's really I think that's that's really what they meant by broken hearted. Like that that kind of pain. And the reason why I loved sleeping was, you know, you don't think of anything. Yeah. And you're kind of in the numb state. And then I remember right 
you know, when you're sleeping and then you start to wake up because you start to be aware that you're awake, you're starting to wake up. And I remember, yeah. I'll know when that is because right away the pain will come on. Oh my God. So what I can, I mean, I've had surgeries, you know, I've had sur yeah. surgeries in, in, you know, the past years and they, they give you an anesthetic. It's what I can compare it to. It's like when you're, anesthesia you're numb but you know when it's wearing off that is a great analogy yeah it's you'll know it's coming on when i wake up then it's like the anesthesia is wearing off um but i still needed to work and i the more i needed work at that time because then i needed to support my son um we were under my insurance we needed that so i still i didn't have the luxury of saying i'm just gonna stay under the covers and dismiss everything mm -hmm. we still needed to show up to work just like what everyone else has to do, right? Um, the world doesn't stop because my world stopped. <laughs> I mean, oh, I still man. have to be in the world. Um, so I remember it was so hard to concentrate at work. Did and you know at that time that that was depression? I didn't even know I was depressed. But all I knew was I was just so agitated and it felt like the day was so long. And the reason why I'm feeling like the day was just so long is because I'm awake for such a long time because all I wanted to do was go back to sleep, right? Yeah. Never get. Um, but I needed to get through my day. So you need to survive. So I didn't know. I, I, I just felt like the day was dragging and I wasn't accomplishing anything. And for, for my day to go faster, I think, I just didn't think I was going to survive the whole day. I, I mm. felt like facing the whole day at work was so overwhelming because eight hours felt like a long time before bed yeah so i was beside myself like it's hard to think but i guess i was aware enough to know that okay i need to keep my job i need to survive right i need yeah. i need to move on so i got um i got those post-it notes mm -hmm. and i started writing the time let's say i come in at work at 7 30 so in the post-it notes right when i come in i'll write down 8 30 and then i'll put it on my computer screen because 8 30 is where i needed to be that's it i just needed to be at 8 30 because mm. i know after that i'd survive one hour so i was going i started like dividing my days in in certain chunks where it's reasonable to get to kind of like little goals so when 8 30 came then i'm like great i finished i accomplished surviving mm. until 8 30 so yeah. then i wrote 9 30 put it there again and so that worked out well for the first day. Wow. Uh, the next day, I decided, oh, I think it will be better if I write it on a piece of paper. And I put 7.30, 8.30, 9.30 by the hour. Yeah. And I started crossing off the, the hours as they come. Wow. And then looking at it at the end of the day, I actually started to feel proud of myself. Wow, just like a to-do list. And I know you like ticking boxes. I know you like ticking boxes in a to-do list. So I have the checklist. Okay, I just need to. And, and so, you know, as a side note, that's what I do when I'm running, right? When I yeah. do my distance run. I, I don't even see, it's not daunting for me to, I haven't done it for a while because of another reason physically, which will be in another discussion. Yes. But when I would run my marathons, and I would have to train and it's not daunting to me because to me, I don't see it as 26 miles. I go, it depends on how I'm feeling that day, but yeah. it just goes by, oh, it's just three miles, three miles, three miles until I get 26 miles or something. Yeah. 
it would be just one mile, one mile, you know. Anyway, um, so that's how I survived that. Mm -hmm. The days started to become bearable in terms of surviving it. So I was able to survive. But I knew I still needed help because I was just so angry. Like, I felt so wrong. I felt so violated. Um, someone, I felt like, you know, someone wronged me so badly that the person has to pay. Has to pay. He has to pay. I don't know how, but I yeah. mean, I never thought I'll exact revenge, but I just felt so wrong. It's just like the injustice of the world, and it was making me miserable. Yeah, because in my mind, I, I just couldn't get over it that I was wrong. You know, I was so. I was so dragged by that, that I was wrong. This is not fair. The world is unfair. Um, and, and of course, knowing the backstory about, um, you know, the details of um, your relationship, I, I, I can understand how, why and how you came to feel that you've been wrong. And yes. rightly so. Rightly so. And, and I feel like that, that's justified. The fact that, you know, someone decided that they could live without me it's like, yeah. how dare you, right? How dare you? Yeah. I'm this very important, special person. And you're telling me that I'm not, <laughs> I'm not enough that, now. That, you, know? that you are dispensable. Yeah. So I wasn't miserable thinking that, oh my God, for me. But I was far coming from, oh my God, how dare you? Like, how dare you think I'm less than yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, I was just a victim in a different way. But I just felt like I was so wrong. <laughs> yes. And I needed to keep my job, but it's still it's still hard to concentrate on my job, you know, because I work with numbers. It's mm -hmm. very important to to be on it when you're dealing with detail with anything, right? Even when you're a doctor and you're doing surgeries, you have to be you you can't have your mind anywhere else because Lord forbid you might forget an instrument inside someone's body. But you know, I it, it my work I wasn't giving my work the one hundred percent concentration that it deserves. And what I'm getting paid for, but I need to keep my job. So I went to my boss and said, "You know what? I'm still going through these things. I need help. I don't know what kind of help, but I need help." They sent me to a therapist. So they even told me, "Okay, um, you know, they send you there on company time." That's very kind of your company to do that. Yes, and generous. Yeah. So in a way, it kind of made me feel good because. And that was brave of you to actually say that I need help. That's. That's something that's very hard to. And to I don't, I don't know. I didn't feel brave, and I did that, not thinking to be brave. Actually, I'm always needing help. I'm short. I'm always asking for help for someone to grab something high for me. I think it's just I'm just so used to asking help. So even with that, I ask for help. I think it speaks volumes about the company I was working for too. That yes. I was comfortable asking them for help without them judging me. They, they did send, so the first day I go to the therapist. So this is just like the summary of the first session, right? I said, I'm fine. You know, I'm going through a uh, separation and it's because th this is why we separated because he did something assholey. It was longer than that, of course. Yeah, I'm sure. So, yep. Yeah. Okay. That's an understatement, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. I, have, I have many different ways of expressing and since this is not about uh you know bashing uh any particular person um yes let's just summarize it by saying yeah. they did assholey <laughs> things okay yes. all right but i have a number right like number one 
number two. So, so pretty much, yeah. yeah. So pretty much different. So set yeah. okay. So we ended that and make an appointment for a second session. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, I go back there. How are you? Oh my god, I'm so fine, but I still can't believe that asshole did this thing to me. And then oh my god, he did something more. Okay, fine. So third session came back and she said, "Oh, how are you? Yes, I'm great." And you know, I still I, I'm I'm trying to cope because you know I'm trying to get over this asshole who did all these things to me, blah blah blah. Okay. All right. So then she said, which is different from the first two sessions, then she said, Cool, yes, I believe you. I believe that this guy's a jerk, everything that he did, and you're such a special person. You don't deserve all that, that this jerk has thrown at you. Yeah. However, tell you what. He's not here, so I can't fix. I can't fix him. I, yes. You know? so <laughs> and in I fairness, that's not what you're paying her for. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can't. I can't make him an less asshole because he's not here. But you're here, which is a good thing because yeah. that means you want to make yourself better. Since you're the one here, what do you like? What are the things you want to improve on yourself? And I was like, what? Like, how do you want to make yourself better? I mean, forget about everyone else. Forget about, you know, forget about what happened. Forget about the asshole treating you this. Forget about your time with the asshole. Forget about everybody. How do you, how are you going to make yourself better? Like, what are the things that you want to do? Okay. So then I stopped. And and then I'm like, okay, I smiled. And I I just nodded. I saw her wait. Was that her way of saying, because um, at first when you said that, I felt like, oh, is she saying that you, there's, there are some things that you need to fix about yourself? Or was that her way of saying, you know, now that you've gotten rid of the jerk, <laughs> what are the things that you've always wanted to do and have freedom to do? Was, was that what she meant? It's both, right? Okay. Because, because yes, I mean, not that she, she wasn't judging me, but... Yeah. Aren't we all imperfect and there are things that we can always work on? Okay. Right? So I could be more patient. I could be not necessarily related to that. Yeah. But yeah, it could have been related to that because going through relationships are great. Always. It takes two, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's not like uh, I didn't have my faults, even though I really thought I was perfect. I still did. Yeah. And I didn't really think you did anything wrong. And I'm not just saying that because you're my friend. But, you know. <laughs> so... Yes, so it's both. So that, what, what can I work on? And then the second thing is, I can do all the things that I've always wanted to do now. And even then, I mean, they're just those things. So then that's when actually I started running because I was thinking I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to run. I've always wanted to join races. When she said that, it, it's it's like it opened the curtain for me. It's always been there. That opportunity is always there. But yeah. I was just, I was too hung up on myself. Or to hung up on the the negative side. Yeah. And so right after that, then even it let go of everything. It let go of the the anger. I mean, you know, of course there's gonna be when you're going through a divorce or anything where a relationship that's breaking up, right? Even with friendships. Yeah. There are gonna be things that while you're going through that process, someone's gonna make you mad. It made it so easy to move on. And I realized my life, my happiness. My successes and my sadness, you know, everything that I feel is not dependent on anybody. Yeah. So it's like, 
he's not making me sad. I'm making me sad. And and that was because you kept thinking about everything that's happened and everything he's done and how much of a jerk he was. Yes, I didn't have any responsibility on that. Like what I'm feeling, it's all his responsibility. We're in reality, right? Everything we're feeling, yeah. whatever you're feeling, it's your responsibility. Yeah. You, you can be happy if you want to be. So I can tell you all the jokes that are just so funny. But if you don't want to laugh because you don't think it's funny, you're not going to laugh. Like I can't yeah. make you happy. Um, I can buy you all the things that you love, you know, to make you happy. But if you decide you're not going to be happy, you're not going to be happy. So I think that's that's the big take that I took. I've always tried to, but I think I'm just always conscious of that. Yeah. And it made life easier in, in some respects where I don't expect anything from people. In a nutshell, it's like, you know, my happiness depends on me. As you were... Um... Telling me the story, of course, my my what I'm about to say is nothing compared to what you've experienced. And I remember I had this boyfriend for three years and I found out that he cheated on me for two years of those three years. And That's <laughs> and um, I I thought I was never going to get over that. And then I spoke to um, a friend of mine well, who happened to be an ex-boyfriend and I he gave me the best advice. I think, and said, you will find yourself asking the question, why he did it? What did you do to deserve it? What could you have done different? All of these questions will be running through your head and you need to accept that there will be no answers. You can yeah. confront him and ask him all those questions all you want all day, all night. He will not have any answers. So yeah. there is no point going through those questions in your head. So when you find yourself thinking about all those questions, and, and now I realize that the term for that is rumination. Oh. When you find yourself thinking about those questions and asking them over and over again, stop yourself and just say there are no answers. Stop yourself from thinking. Yeah. And that actually worked. And then you realize, did it really matter? Does the answer really matter? It doesn't, right? Because That's right. It's not going to change the situation. That's right. No. Yes. I'm not a religious person, right? And I've always hated the word forgiveness because... <laughs> forgiveness okay, is for what, you, not for the other person. Yeah. Yes. So if someone comes to me and asks for it, yeah. then yes, if we get into a fight, let's say, and... It's not like you're asking me for forgiveness, which is also fine. That's going to depend on you. But, you know, someone will say, oh, that's okay. Um, don't get mad at her anymore. For just forgive her. I think it's so arrogant if you're not asking for it. And I'm going to tell you, or I'm just going to think, oh, well, I forgive you. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so arrogant to see yeah. that when you're not asking for it. Because you didn't ask for it. And, and here I am, like, wow, how big of me to say I forgive you. you know? Yeah. So I don't believe in that. But it feels self-indulgent, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it's self-indulgent. Yeah. But I think what people mean, this is why words to me are important. Mm -hmm. um, I think what they mean when you say forgive is to move on. Just move on. And I'd Accept rather accept the situation for what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Move yeah. on. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the sessions that I attended when um, I was in therapy was acceptance. 
And I think you're right that in a sense that is forgiveness because I can never say I've forgiven the people who have wronged me. But what I've actually come to do is I have accepted the situation for what it is or what it was. Yes. And my acceptance doesn't mean that I approve of it. Yes. I have just accepted. I can't do anything about it. I have no control over it and I'm moving on. Over their actions or yeah. you, you only have control with yourself. Yes. Yeah. And and my acceptance of that situation does not mean I approve of it and does yes. not mean that it was okay. No, it's not okay. I'm just choosing to move on. What else are you going to choose, right? You can yeah. keep asking that question. Some people will give an explanation, which yeah. is good. Seriously, for me, I think during that breakup, no explanation would have been yeah. enough. I would just keep asking the questions over and over again. It's and in a way, I feel like that's because you couldn't accept what happened. That's why you keep asking those questions. But that's what the therapist has helped me realize. It's just like being sick. Sometimes you get the flu and you're okay without having to take the medicine. All you need to do is rest. There are some things where you'll need to take something. You might need to see a doctor. With me, I have to see a therapist to realize yeah. that. I can move on. When it ends, it ends. I can move on. <laughs> it's all up to me, right? <laughs> we can all move on. Am I Okay is intended for mature audiences as it discusses topics that can be emotional and upsetting. Stories, experiences, recollections, opinions or insights shared by us are our own and does not reflect or represent the views and opinions of medical practitioners or other experts in mental health. The podcast or any linked materials should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional expertise or treatments. If you're struggling with mental health, we encourage you to seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider. Please do not disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking it because of something you have heard from this podcast. If you or someone you care for is in need of immediate assistance, please find treatment locators and helplines in your country of residence, such as 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline in the United States and Lifeline or Beyond Blue in Australia. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach us through our socials and follow us. You'll find our handle in the episode description. Or if there's anything you'd like us to talk more about, you can email us through amiokemail at gmail.com. If you have friends or family who you think would be interested in what we share, please tell them about us. They can find our podcast in any directory they get their podcast from. And please go on and rate us. It will let people know about us and find us. Once again, Thanks for listening. Cheers.